The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark in the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands, with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is the Gospel of the Lord. I was looking at that Ecclesiastes lesson today and uh, talking about wealth and riches, and it didn't have a whole lot of good stuff to say about it. And it was, it was kind of a downer that, you know, the people that are wealthy can't sleep at night. They, uh, they don't have any peace. They're never satisfied with what they have, always want more, never seems to be enough, and, and they hang on to all that stuff, and ultimately they can't take it with them anyway. Um, and it was just kind of a, a downer, you know, about being wealthy. It almost sounds like political talking points uh, these days anyway. <clears throat> and then we look at what Jesus has to say. And you remember last week, you know, he, he told the rich man, he said, you know, it's not good enough that you can keep the law, you know, to get into heaven, but what you need to do, what's really important and what you're lacking is you need to follow me. You need to follow me and be willing to give it all up for me. And then he has this conversation with his disciples, you know, and then he says, you know, it's really hard for rich people to get into heaven. Okay, well, that just kind of dashes all of our dreams, isn't it? I mean, don't we grow up with, with dreams of a comfortable life and, and having all our needs met and, and, you know, having everything and we're going to be satisfied? When we're really young, especially, you know, the younger we are, the more we think about, man, when I grow up, I'm going to be rich and I'm going to be famous and I'm going to have all this, I'm going to have everything I want and it's, it's going to make me happy and, and I'll be really satisfied with my life, and I'll be comfortable, I'll be set for life, and we think about that. Of course, as we get older, reality sets in, and, and we start to think, we start to realize that's not the most important thing. There are other things that really are more important in our lives, and at some point, we learn to be satisfied with what we have and realize that that. You know, being happy with what we do, being happy with our relationships is a lot more important. But at the same time, the basis of the dream that we have for our lives 
is that by whatever standard we want to measure it, we want to at least be comfortable, safe, secure. We want to be happy, whatever, however we want to define that. But those are the things that all of us want in our lives. And that's our goal. And so we strive for that and we work for that in everything that we do in our lives to get to that point. But then we hear things like what Ecclesiastes says, and it's kind of like pouring cold water on it and saying, well, wait a minute, you know, all that stuff that you thought you wanted isn't going to bring you good sleep at night. It isn't going to bring you peace. And then Jesus comes along and he says, you know, he said the rich rich are going to have a real hard time getting into heaven. And, And the whole dream then is dashed. It's just, it's like gone, and it's like all of a sudden it doesn't seem to mean anything. It's going to be hard to get in. But I don't, I don't think that they're dissing wealth, and I don't think that's what Jesus was talking about, because just because somebody's rich doesn't mean they're not going to get into heaven. Just because somebody's famous doesn't mean they're not going to get in. So what is it? What is the difference? And I think we can figure that out from looking at the Hebrews lesson. Because in that lesson it says the word of God is alive and active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. You know double-edged swords are a lot more lethal than single-edged swords, right? Because you can get them both ways. It cuts both ways. And, And the image that the writer of the Hebrews is using is that it penetrates. It can divide soul and spirit, joints and marrow. But here's the key. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. That it exposes what's in our hearts. I don't think Jesus was criticizing the the rich man so much for his riches, but as as he was for his dependence on him. And his confidence in that. Jesus was looking into his heart and say, saying, what you lack is your concern for other people. Because you only have concern for yourself, your good life, your wealth. You need to be willing to give it all up and have concern for other people. It's the attitude of the heart that makes the difference. And the word of God that comes in places like what we saw in Ecclesiastes, what we heard Jesus say, that exposes all that. And it just cuts it open. And then it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And that's where the dream really gets dashed because our ultimate dream, aside from what is in this life, is to have an eternal life that's perfect. Anybody in the whole world that believes there is a God wants to have dreams of a good life with God after this one. I mean, that's the purpose of a God, right? So everybody thinks there's going to be this perfect place that I'm going to go to, whether they're Christian or not. If they believe there's a God, that's what they want. And so our dream is to be in the presence of God in that perfect heavenly kingdom, to live forever 
and you know, no troubles, no tears, no pain, no, you know, everything perfect. That's the ultimate dream. But then we find out that everything about us is going to be exposed and laid bare, and what's in our heart is going to be seen by the one to whom we must give account. And when you think about what is in our hearts and what's in our lives and what our lives have been like, and all of a sudden we're standing before God, before the throne, to have to give an account, well, there goes the dream. It's gone because we've been exposed. And so then we ask with the disciples, so then who can be saved? Who can be saved? And so Jesus' answer to that question to the disciples was, well, it's impossible for you But it's not impossible for God. Because for God, all things are possible. All things are possible. And how does that happen? The writer of the Hebrews goes on and says this, that we have a great high priest who has ascended to heaven. You know, we describe Jesus' uh, ministry and work, we describe him with words like prophet, priest, and king. His ministry uh, for those three years was a prophetic ministry, a ministry of preaching and teaching. When he offered himself on the cross, he was functioning like a high priest. It was the high priest every year that went in and offered the big sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. So when he sacrificed himself, that was a high priestly function. And then after the resurrection, where is he? He's on the throne of heaven, right? Right at God's right hand. He's the king sitting on the throne. And we see him that way. But the writer of the Hebrews says that we have a high priest who has passed into heaven. But he's an empathetic high priest. He's one that understands us. He's one that experienced everything that we experience. The temptation to be self-centered and not reaching out. Don't you think that the times that <clears throat> Jesus tried to get away by himself and, you know, to go off and to refresh himself and to pray that the temptation wasn't there, you know, you're wearing yourself out. Forget about that. Every way that we've ever been tempted, he was tempted. So he's a high priest that understands us, and now he's the one that intercedes for us. He's the one that goes between, that stands between us and the judgment seat and pleads our case. An empathetic high priest for us. And so, what about the dream? The dream, I guess, would be to be able to stand before the throne of God as we give an account and to hear the words, welcome, come on in, come on and live in this kingdom, live here for eternity. That's the dream, that's what we want. 
We can't get it on our own. And so the writer says, so then let's approach the throne of grace with confidence. How can we do that? How can we approach with confidence? It's because of this. Because the king that's sitting on the throne steps off the throne and becomes our high priest. And he comes over and he puts his arm around our shoulders and he says, this one's with me. This one's with me. And then the impossible dream becomes a reality. The dream is fulfilled. 